Uh, won't you start by praying with me? Dear Lord, um, first and foremost, I thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord. Thank you for this time for us to get together and worship you. I ask that the words that come out of my mouth not be mine, Lord, but yours. And I ask that one person, at least one person, Lord, walks away thinking about what you have placed on my heart to tell everybody today. Um, be with my message, Lord. Help it to reach the right ears. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How are you guys doing? It's, you guys can answer. It's okay. I'm not going to bite you. Um, oh, the only people I can really lunge at is like you guys, so it's fine. Um, I'm Gavin, as uh, Pastor Juan said. I grew up at this church. I was dedicated at this church. This church is my home, so I'm really happy to be back. It's very, very good. And the fact that I'm here for a change as opposed to where you guys are is very surreal to me. It's very, very strange, and I see a lot of familiar faces out there, which is very helpful for me. Um, but for those of you that don't know me, I'm Gavin. Nice to meet you. Uh, hopefully, you'll be seeing a lot more of me. So, And if not, I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> So today our word comes from 1 Thessalonians verse 4, 13 through 18. Uh, you can follow along with me. Don't read out loud. I'll do that, or at least I'll try. Uh, <laughs> but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will raise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will, caught, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I will not lie to you. I wrote this sermon like three times. It was awful. It's terrible. I wrote it on Monday, and then I practiced it on Tuesday, and I was like, that was bad. I wrote it again on Wednesday, practiced it. That was awful. And I asked myself a question that I'm going to ask all you guys today. And you might not relate to this, but I definitely did. Why am I not excited about this? Why don't I believe this? Um, I would read it and I would just be like, cool. You know, like I said, I was dedicated to this church. I grew up in the church. Some of you might have been that, and I know some of you that have grown up with me in the church, and those of you that might not have. But nonetheless, we hear this a lot, especially growing up in the church, that one day Christ will come back and raise the dead and we will meet with them in the clouds. And I'm having a hard time believing that. Why, why? Why is that the case? Why have we become so numb to the word of God? Why is the world beating us down so hard that even something that we have been taught since birth is truth is so hard to believe? It's because, like I said, we've been conditioned by this world to believe that if something is too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. Just this past Wednesday, something happened to me. I was getting my brother really, really excited with this. I was on the OfferUp app, and I don't know if you guys know what that is, like eBay, but like locally. So, you know, I, um, I'm a college student, so I've been taught, like before it was a trend, I would shop thrifting. So hopefully that gives you a state of mind as where I am financially. But I was with my brother, and we were just scrolling through the OfferUp app, and 
I found a PlayStation 5 for $200. For those of you that know, that is a very good deal for a PlayStation 2. The CD one with two controllers, $200. Really good deal. So I go to the guy, I message him, I say, why are you selling it? You know, feeling I'm out. I've done this before. Why are you selling it? Is it broken? He goes, no, it's not broken. I said, well, why are you selling it then? He says, I'm switching to Xbox. And I go, he's a gamer. He knows what's up. He knows what's up. Uh, not Xbox, but you know, he, he knows what he's doing, uh, hopefully. So I go, I'll give you 150 for it. I decided to lowball him. And he said, deal. Oh, man, I was about to spend $150 that I do not have. So what did I do? I went to my brother and said, listen, I'll cut you a deal. You pay for this, and then I'll pay you back for $160. Not only do you get a PlayStation 5, you get 10 bucks. And he said, that's a deal. So we were both really excited because we were about to get a new PlayStation. That's just oh, really exciting. I don't know if you guys don't seem that excited, but I was excited. <laughs> so the guy, I go, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in Orlando. You are too. He goes, I'll pay you cash. And he goes, no, I do cash app. I said, perfect, that works for me. I'll do cash app as well. I'll meet you up, and then I'll, you, once, you hand, once it's in my hands, I'll pay you. He goes, no, no, no. I'm in Detroit right now. I go, why are you in Detroit? <laughs> if you say that you're in Orlando, why are you in Detroit? And he says, you pay me, you cash at me, and then I'll send it to you tomorrow. <laughs> I've been around the block. I've been around the block. My parents taught me better than that. I said, No. <laughs> I'll pay you through OfferUp, which is very much a thing, and the app even says to do that. I'll pay you through OfferUp, and then you send me the product. And he goes, nah. <laughs> I go, why not? And he says, I was robbed recently. And I say, good for you. I don't know what that has to do with me. Why, do you, why does this matter? And he's just so pushy, and I'm like, dude, this sounds a lot like a scam. And he says, you can trust me. And in those very words, I knew I could not trust him. <laughs> I did not get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> because that was too good to be true. PlayStations go new. You get those for like $800, $700. Secondhand, you're lucky to get it for $500. The fact that I was going for $200, whew, that was amazing. And it was too good to be true. So the question that I'm asking you all now is if we've been conditioned, and I'm sure you all have a similar story like this, if we have been taught from a young age that something is too good to be true, why would God give us something that's too good to be true? Why would he use that exact method? And it's not just that. If we look at the, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus did, he literally turns the entire world up on its head. Love your enemy. Happy is the morning. Like, what is he talking about? Why does God use this such an upside-down way to communicate his message to us. It does not make sense. I was originally trying to find some really deep, heavy theology to impress all of you guys because, you know, I'm a studying pastor and I need to whip out the big stuff. So I was translating this verse from, like, Greek to English, back to Latin, back to English, and then to Spanish to English just for fun. And it wasn't working, and there was no deeper meaning. It was just, this is what it is. You will be reunited with your loved ones in heaven, and one day God will come back, and you will not be sad anymore. That makes no sense. I appreciate the amen, and that is the truth, but it makes no sense. So why does God use this method? Read with me in 2 Corinthians verse 5, 6 through 8. This verse has a very special place in my heart. Um, it got me through very, very hard times and answers this question as to why does God use such upside-down methods. 
so that we are always of good courage. We know that we, while we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Listen to this. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If everything was put out right in front of us, it would be very easy to become a Christian. Am I right? Am I right in saying that? If God came down and you saw on whatever news you watch, on Fox or CNN or whatever, Jesus is back and he has the nails to prove it, we would all be like, oh, dope. Uh, There he is. I believe in him. And he says, all you need to do is just come say hey. And then he shows up at your front door and goes, I'm real. But everybody's at the same time. Okay, cool. God's back. That'd be easy. But I don't think that's the point. God isn't, yes, he wants every single person possible. But if he was to do that, there'd be no point in faith. Faith is what gets us close. Faith is the defining factor. Do you believe in him or do you believe in the world? That is both our leap of faith. And he's telling you, I need you to have that extra extra leap. Because this is such a unique thing that at the same time, it is nearly impossible to prove that there is a God. But if you look around, it's impossible to deny him as well. It is such this backwards way of thinking. Why does God choose this? Well, it's that faith step. None of it makes sense, but that's the point. It always comes back to faith. Uh, Jesus' whole mission was to flip the ways of the world upside down. It's the same thing with God. I already said all this. Sorry, I'm all over my notes. I kind of just went off there. Think of it this way, okay? It's too good to be true, right? We've been conditioned of this world. These are what I'm just re-going over what we know. We've been conditioned by this world. It's too good to be true. God is telling us something that's too good. What now, all right? So imagine this, right? Imagine with me for a moment. You get an email from a Nigerian prince who also happens to be your long-lost cousin. I know, it's fantastic. You've never heard of this cousin. Your family doesn't even know he exists. But he says, hey, what's up, cuz? I'm exhausted. I'm tired of being filthy rich. And because we're family, I want to give all this to you. It's my lucky day. All you need to do is give me $1,000 for banking fees, and the rest is yours. I'd be stupid not to, right? So I send my $1,000. Everybody around me says, you're dumb. Why would you do that? That's really not smart of you to do. I go to sleep and I wake up $1 million richer. That, that does that sound to you guys? Good? Not good? Would I, should I do that or should I not do that? Okay, cool. <laughs> you're allowed to talk. It's okay. It's ridiculous. If it's too good, and this is all the common things that I'm saying. I hope you know that. This example with the PlayStation and this example with my Nigerian prince cousin they have something very much in common. They took place on planet Earth, believe it or not. Uh, and what is this message that, we are, that I'm trying to convince you by saying I don't believe it? It didn't take place on Earth. This is a divine message. So what, is we tr- what are we trying to get away from this? What I'm trying to tell you is that if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But if it's of God, it's too good. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. But if it's of God, it's too good. God uses this method and that extra faith that we need because it's backwards. And Satan, he's a smart guy. He's such a smart guy. He uses the one thing that God tells us, come to me, and all you need to do is accept me, 
and you'll be saved. And he uses that and he twists it. All you need to do is take this PlayStation. No extra fees. Well, of course there's extra fees. There's no PlayStation to begin with. He uses these methods to twist on our head what we know to be truth. But luckily, God is untwistable. What he says goes, and that is very, very good. Now imagine the same thing. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, you know that uncle of yours that died recently? You're going to see him again. Okay, strange man, back away. But that is exactly what we are called to do. I'm not trying to make us sound crazy, but people, we're crazy in a good way. I have this whole series, A Church in Action, right? We are called to go out and be gospels and gospel to people and to share the gospel with people. And we are called to share a very strange message. And if we step back and look at it from a worldly view, it is very weird. But we come from an angle where we have this divine power behind us, where we are called to tell a message that seems too good to be true. So personally, I kind of understand the hesitation when it comes to talking with some of my friends who have left the church, saying, all you need to do is accept God to be your savior, and you will live forever. That's strange. But the message that we have behind it is this truth and this knowledge. God is hidden by design, but he is not hard to find. As a church, we are called to go and tell this message that is near impossible. At the end of this one, Paul says, encourage one another with these words. I can guarantee all of you have lost somebody. Is that safe to say? I have lost somebody too. And the thought that one day I will get to see them again is weird. But if we take a step back and imagine that that is real, isn't that beautiful? Now go a step further with me and know that it is real. That is insane. To believe that one day where all I need to do is see the face of Jesus and all of our tears will be wiped away. All you need to do is look to the face of Jesus and the cancer that you're dealing with is going away. All I need to do is touch the cloth of Jesus and my addictions are gone. That's insane. And it's crazy. But church, I'm here to tell you today that it is true. It is 100% true. The difference between uh, imagine with me, I, there's a few fun funerals I've had to go to, unfortunately, and there's been some secular ones and some religious ones. Look at the difference between the two if you've gone to a secular and religious funeral. The secular one, it's very hopeless. <laughs> it's very sad. Let's look back fondly. That is, the, that is how um, they inspire hope. Let's look back on the message that this person had in their life. Let's look back on their life and notice and remember the good times. And then they play something like My Way by Frank Sinatra, which is a really, really sad song to play at a funeral. But then look at a religious one. When my grandpa died, everybody was saying, he was a man of God and we can't wait to see him again. I can't wait to see him again and give him a hug. That is the difference. We are called to have hope because we know the truth in this insane message that is one day we will be reunited with our loved ones. They're not in heaven right now, thank goodness. And a lot of people say, oh, they go up to heaven immediately. I'm quite thankful that my grandpa's not looking down on me and being like, you're dumb. Like, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm really thankful for that. But one day, that not only will we be reunited in heaven, I will get to see him raised out of the ground and fly up and then I'll be able to meet them. 
Isn't that amazing? That one day we'll be united, not only just to see the people in heaven and join them, but we'll be able to see them physically reconstruct out of the ground and go up to God and us to just join them in heaven. That is amazing. We're not told to not mourn. Obviously, death is really sad. We are called to mourn, but we are also called, furthermore, to have hope. Have a hope in the weird, ridiculous, too-good-to-be-true, that is true, scenario. Is this message too good to be true? From a worldly perspective, you can answer. Is this message too good to be true? Yes. From a worldly perspective and everything that we've been taught, it is so bonkers and it has red flags going off everywhere. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you that this is not a worldly message. This is a holy spiritual message that we are called to go out and tell everybody. It's nothing complicated. There's no intense theology here. It's just you gotta accept it. You just need to accept it. Let's read that one more time. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring him who has fallen asleep. Through the same hand that rose Christ from the dead will raise our lost ones again. For it is we, for if we declare this to you by a word from the Lord, that who have, mm, I just completely butchered it, I apologize. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left in the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of the archangel. And with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We will see them rise again. Then, we who are alive will meet up with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, to the person next to you and the people around you and the people that have denounced God, go forth and encourage one another with these words. All you need to do is believe what I'm saying. It's too good to be true. It probably is. But if it's of God, it is too good. I want to challenge you with some things, just some things to think about. How do you walk by faith in your day-to-day? It's easy to look around and see. That's not real. (laughs) But how do you walk around in faith day by day? If you don't know, figure it out. Find a way to do that. How do you feel knowing that one day you'll get to be reunited with your loved ones and you'll see them reanimate out of the ground and be reunited with God? How will you go forward knowing that if it's from God, it's too good? How will that influence your thinking and your living? Ladies and gentlemen, I ask that you pray with me one more time. Dear God,
If we look at it from a worldview, you're insane. And I think if we look at it from a heavenly view, you're still insane. Because what kind of God would sacrifice everything for humanity that keeps pushing him aside? What kind of God reanimates those who have lost just so that we might be able to live with you? God, you've shown us what kind of God you are. You're a God of love. You're a God of mercy. And I ask that, Lord, we go forward and look to the people around us and share them this insane message, Lord. Possess us with a spirit so that we sang an insane message in worldly view. Help it to make sense, Lord. Because to us, it doesn't make sense. Help us to love you unconditionally like you have loved us and to show that love to other people. May we be beacons for you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.